and welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group, and welcome to 2022, the year when the events of Soylent Green are forecast to happen. I am your host, Tom Donnelly, and we are in round 14, turn 10, and today we're going to do something a little different. We're not going to be reviewing a, a new game. No. Been there. Done that. But we are going to look back at the, well train wreck that was 2021 and we're going to talk about our top games and all sorts of other topics about this very strange year that has passed i could not think of two better people to be joining me in this endeavor joining me is his high opinionatedness himself ben mandelker how are you ben hey tom what's going on good to hear your voice sir and of course the queen of pioneers herself how could we do a top of the year without jennifer jennifer how are you I'm so happy to be on the podcast with you and Ben. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I am equally as happy to be on the show with you two. Oh, my goodness. Well, f- first you. things first, how were your holidays? How was the new year? All that stuff. Jennifer, Jennifer, why don't you tell us? Okay. It was fine, but I mean, it was fine and <laughs> the fine and. <laughs> Good. We don't do Christmas. Sure. We aren't Jewish or anything. You know, it's not like there's some different religion sure. colliding with Christmas. But we we do give gifts because it's a time of kindness. And sure. We support kindness, but no trees and all that. So my Christmas time, the time of the holiday, was mostly spent trying to find games. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because you have your own Christmas coming right up. Exactly. <laughs> Essen Day, so, Jennifer's how was, famous, and how did that go? Did, did you, were you successful in yeah, uh, locating I, all the games you needed? Yep, I, except for Golem. I could not. There was just no way of prying it out of Europe. I tried everything. Good riddance. <laughs> I know it, you, it was such a hit with Game Brain. Did at not B, at care for it. Con. <laughs> Did not care for it one bit. We'll we'll play it again. You know, listen. I I definitely will cop to the fact that at the end of BGG Con, after you've been doing nothing but playing games until your ears bleed, uh, you can easily sour on something that has no reason to be soured on. So it's definitely possible that I just right. got a bad bad play. I think um, I would like to note though um, that the that uh, Cranio Creations. hired a Jewish cultural historian Mm. to help with the, um, you know, with the setting and the game. And his name was Ben Shapiro. Right. No, he wasn't. It wasn't Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is a a (laughs) right-wing pundit. I thought you said his name, and he's a chip hero. So I was like, (laughs) oh, I was like, I feel like Tom's making some pun no, I, I was I that. was making it was making a very sarcastic joke toward a right wing pundit named Ben Shapiro. So no, oh, ben but Sh- oh yeah, of course not. <laughs> no, it is not that person. I listen. I think that that was Jennifer. Your point is well well brought up because it is they they were they are stepping into kind of Jewish mysticism and doing right. and doing that with without uh, uh, consulting anyone would have been a big big uh, uh, exclamation but mark. Been, yeah, right. I'm yeah. I'm actually. So oddly enough, I'm not that excited about Gollum. Like I've I watched some playthroughs and it looks very convoluted to me. But I'll definitely try it because the designers are great. Yeah. But as as a Jewish person, I'm actually very excited. Um, I think it's so cool that that there's a game that is involving 
Jewish folklore or mysticism. You know, Jennifer, you had asked me um, a few weeks ago about how I felt about it. And I think it's really cool because, you know, a lot of these games involve a lot of Christian elements, right. churches and yeah. priests, exactly. priest tracks and church, everything, which I think is, is great. I don't, I'm not like offended or anything, but, um, and it's not even something I'm like, I need more Judaism in my games. But now that like there is something <laughs> I'm like, Hey, that's actually cool for me. I think it's cool. I totally, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And you know, they attempt to get it right. And I think, you know, I'm glad that as a podcast, you know, perhaps at some time we'll review it with that context. Right. Because that's what we all want, you know, is that we want context and representation. Representation. Yeah. 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 I mean, of course, Ben, you you had a good game. You did call it. (laughs) You did call it Gollum and not Golem. But that's that's what we're going to let that go. I, I, that's a, that's a mistake I probably would have made also because at this point I can never remember which one is the little creature, <laughs> which one is and which the one Hobbit. is the giant hulking mass destroying villages. So, uh, and who knows? Maybe maybe know. maybe both pronunciations are okay for for the for the Golem, but I don't know. Um, what about you, Ben? How was your holidays? Uh, it was lovely. So I also did not celebrate Christmas for reasons perhaps just alluded to because I am Jewish. So um, I I just had a great time off. I Things have been extremely, extremely busy on my other podcast. And so to just have 10 days where I did not have to be, um, you know, watching all these shows for Bravo and all that, because that's my other, for people who don't work, the uninitiated, I have another podcast that's about Bravo TV. Can you and go so, two uh, minutes without yes. cross-promotion? Is it possible for you to go two minutes without cross-promotion? <laughs> that That is, my Christmas is being able to cross-promote. <laughs> that's my Christmas gift to all of you guys. In, tru- but, um, in truth to everybody, Ben <laughs> never does this. He actually never brings up the the... the um, eight hundred pound gorilla that he is one of the one of the hosts of in this media, but uh, but I'm glad that you got some time off. Thank you. Yeah, well, yes. may I bring up my eight pound monkey? What's your eight pound? Of, yes, please. Of course. <laughs> my YouTube channel, Mavina, which yes. is waiting. <laughs> I have. A, I'm gonna have a lot of videos in the next couple of months. As soon as my son's computer gets fixed and he can upload them for me. <laughs> I mean, I think it's at least a hundred pound gorilla. You got a lot of views on your on your channel, Jennifer. You're doing great. Oh, thank you so much, Tom. Content yeah. creation is not easy. And um, you know, I think like anyone who's out there putting stuff out there should be commended because it is tough, especially video. Video is you know, I work in audio primarily and and that's a lot but once you add video to it man you gotta care about how you look you gotta care about your lighting it's, it's right. a lot so you know yeah oh, all, yeah it all yeah. deserves a little bit of a a hand so it, i um yeah. so during my time down i i threw myself into board games um because also my boyfriend uh is out of town on a gig so i i i didn't have to even have that thing in the back of my head where i said i should probably spend some time with my boyfriend so instead i just fully just I played as many games as I could, um, and it was wonderful. Like I just, I just destroyed my brain in a, in, a, in the best way. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and for me, and how I, about I, you? Well, uh, I did. I am the only one who celebrated Christmas on this did this particular podcast today. Um, matter of fact, I didn't just celebrate it. Um, so. Uh, I think I've probably said this to you guys before. I'm an ordained elder in in my church, uh, a Presbyterian uh, a church, and um, 
kind of fairly active in in the church without getting too crazy with it. Like, for instance, um, I wrote a Christmas play uh, that we perform uh, occasionally at the church. It's and wow, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it's wonderful. It was a really fun thing. They were said we we keep doing the same things. Can we have something different? And I said, yeah, I'll write a play. Um, we uh, we did a pilgrimage to Israel for th- for three weeks. I was the uh, the the travel agent for it. I booked everything and and the whole. I ran the whole show. Um, so all that kind of stuff. So basically, I'm kind of known there as when something big goes wrong or something big needs to be done. You know, see if Tom might want to do something about it. Well, it just so happens that our our uh, our pastor uh, Stephen Craig uh, came down with COVID. Or actually, he didn't come down with COVID. Uh-huh. His daughter came down with COVID, and because of that, he you know our church is very very good about. You know, we we didn't uh, meet in person for the longest time. Uh, we only did when the numbers really said it was okay. Everybody's masked. We're just all very, very careful about it. Uh, very good in that regard. But he said that, you know, listen, there's COVID in my house. I can't go and, and do Christmas. And so uh, two days before Christmas is when he found this out. <laughs> and wow. so he calls me up and says, Tom, I, I, got a, I, got a, I got a big thing to ask of you. Would would you? So I hosted. I was the 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 guy running the Christmas Eve uh, Christmas service. Um, wow, that's like <laughs> that's major. That's like you're you're running the church. Uh, kind of, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You reached the top of the church. Track. No, no. Listen, he had a sermon that he recorded, and and we showed it because we had, you know we're all audiovisual now, and because we we broadcast our our uh, Sunday services so that people who don't feel comfortable coming back to church yet can watch it at home. So uh, it's actually, it's really good. So it wasn't, it wasn't that big a deal, but it also wasn't not a, not a deal at all. So yeah, yeah, that was my, that was my Christmas. And then right after Christmas, um, I haven't seen my brother who lives up in Sacramento in about two years because of the pandemic. And we decided you know what? We're all we all tested negative. We all we're all triple vaxxed. Let's go up and spend a few days with them. And we it's a miracle. We flew up and flew back and nobody got COVID. Nobody got Omicron. And Great. we had a good four days with them where we just played board games all the time. It was fantastic. We had a really great I love spending time with my with my little brother and uh and his wonderful family, and they're all they're all gamers. They're all way into way into the board games. He's got a, I mean, he's put together quite a board game collection. I go up there now, and I'm like, why did I bring anything? You've kind of got a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. that's the dream. Isn't that's it? The, to me, that's the dream when like someone who's who who is close in your life is then like in the hobby too, and then you can yeah. just play games. You don't have to pitch any games. You don't have you don't have, you don't have to pitch the idea of playing games. You just know you're going to be playing games. He listens to us almost every week. Brian, hey, how are you? We love you. Hi, Brian. <laughs> and uh yeah, so that was my uh, that was my um, break and it was a it was a good one. And uh, we'll, we may talk about more of that more about that later. Um let's talk in specific about some of the games we played super recently when we talk about this week's game night. <laughs> Game night. 
Jennifer, we're going to start with you because um, I know getting ready for, for your Essen day, you have been playing your heart out. You've been playing everything, trying to know how to teach like 30 different games. What have you been... What, no, if you give us the list, it will be here all day. So don't do that. Just tell us what, what has captured your imagination in the last couple of weeks. It's only been five games. <laughs> okay, Struggle well, enough. go ahead. Fine. With, go ahead. Go with all five then. Yeah, yeah. Struggle enough. Origins First Builders, Tabanusi, Ark Nova, and Bitoku. And I'll talk more about Ark Nova and Bitoku in the next segment. Shh. <laughs> I, I would How love to you. know about Stroganoff since I, I backed that game. I'd love to know what your uh, initial impressions are. Um, uh, we played it two-player, and it's kind of interesting, but it doesn't – you know how, like, like again, I, I always go to the uh, poster child in this space, how great restaurant trail. You look at it, you go, okay, I'm going to do a cowboy strategy. I'm going to do a builder – you know what I mean? Yeah. There's yeah. a path. Stroganoff does not have an obvious path. Hmm. So we're, we're going to have to keep playing it to explore what strategies there are. I believe that there are strategies, but, you know, on the first play, we didn't uh, get there. <laughs> I'm guessing I mean, that sounds a- like it could be a positive or negative, right? Because right. It's like in, in some ways, that's so cool that there's not just this, oh, you have to do this, this thing, right? But on the other hand, right. if it's too obscure, it might just kind of feel yeah. like whatever i would say that if, yeah. if in stroganoff if the beef strategy is too strong then uh <laughs> I, I think that would be a problem so the fact that you know the, the ch- chicken and pork are are viable paths i think is a great thing <laughs> uh, i would so be down for that yeah it's the first strategy that is on everything but there's a lot of different you know parts to that got it Got it. To play. I, I yeah. I, I sometimes that it, that that could go either way, right? Sometimes not seeing evident paths toward toward different strategies. Sometimes that means the game has got a lot of emergent depth to it, right? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes it means it's not quite focused enough and won't won't quite come together. So it's yeah. And and those games kind of. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. You're Charlie. not at all. You're not at all. We're, we're oh. on we're on Skype. We're 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 back, sort of isolating a little bit. So we're going to be interrupting each other and talking over a little bit because we don't have those visual cues of seeing the person starting to speak and shutting up. So that's totally fine. No problem. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, because sometimes those, you know, emergent strategies end up being points over here and Mm -hmm. points over there and points over there. You know what I mean? So that it it feels very random. Yep. Right? 100%. And other times there are some deep strategies in there that you have to suss out. And so hopefully with Stroganoff it will be like that. Yeah, hope so. Um, t- talk about well. You're going to talk about Potoku a little bit later. You're going to talk about uh, Ark Nova a little bit later. Um, what were the other one? Oh, Origins. Well, how was how was that? That was surprisingly good. Ah. Mm. You know, you read the rules and it feels like uh, just another soulless hero, oh, right? 
horrible. But <laughs> but it turned out it was interesting and it was more interactive than I was expecting. We didn't finish it because Bruce was getting ready to lap me and I didn't want to see that. But um, yep. we are certainly looking forward to three and four player games. In fact, we'll be playing it tomorrow um, in a very, very safe environment. Um, yes. But three. I literally know nothing about that game except I know that it exists. And <laughs> Matt Robinson sent me a photo of the board. But beyond that, I know nothing. This is one that I, I have not done my research on but now hearing that I, I think i'm gonna have to uh maybe maybe later this weekend have a, a moment on bgg with the game and uh yeah and learn about it yeah yeah and like i said there's more to it than what appears on the surface which is always nice right because i almost didn't buy it and then the person we're playing with tomorrow he really wanted to play it so i bought it and here we are yeah, yeah no, I Yes. When we talk about, oh, no, sorry, when we, I didn't oh, mean to interrupt. I, I was just going to say, could it have a more generic title, uh, title yeah. than right. the first builders? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And for me, I, I was just going to say that uh, my favorite games. When you know, when I always talk about elegance, right? Elegant games are super simple, but the play is just rich and deep. And whenever, whenever I look at those games before I play them the first time, games like Santiago. I look at it and I'm like, there's no game here. This is this is lightweight fluff. And then you play it and you're like, oh right. my god, no, it's so that's amazing. Holy cow. That's right, awesome. exactly. Those are your favorite, right? It's it's yeah. kind of like being given a plain white cake and then there's chocolate <laughs> inside. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, what was the fifth one? There was one other one. We're going to be talking about Botoku and we're going to be talking about uh, Arkanova, I'm sure. But what was the other one? Stop it. Tabanusi by the infamous oh, yes. Daniel Tassini. Yes, the the Tuscany. Uh, so, what do you, what are your first thoughts on that? In, you know, so that is the third of the T games, correct? He did uh, Takenhu and Tawanitsu. Uh, no, Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. Yes. I think Zokan is his. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, I guess it's. I guess it's more than more than three. Because yeah, yeah, Tawanitsu is also one of them, right? I don't think so. Okay. But I think that's I just David Turksy. I will look it up while right. you guys discuss that's it. That's David Turksy. Oh, that's Turksy. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. I'm I'm mixing up my guys. All these T's. <laughs> so many T's, Tom. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tabanusi looks good, except I screwed up a rule really bad. Do you mean so, the one where uh, you're supposed to be able to take two actions per turn, Jennifer? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just one? Yeah. And we're like, gosh, this game is developing so slowly. Well, I wonder what's wrong. I mean, I can't possibly see how that tiny little rule difference would make a difference. I mean, if it... <laughs> It was pretty funny. Oh, my God. But um, it looks interesting. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We shall see. Uh, ben, what have you been playing lately? Um, I played a whole bunch of things. Uh, the things that the games that uh, stuck out to me uh, this now, week. You already mentioned just, it last week, so don't you dare bring it up again. <laughs> I won't. Don't I won't. You but dare. I, say that I did play Forbidden Stars. Oh, okay. I did play Forbidden Stars right. uh, with Candace over the break, I will which allow was it. super fun. <laughs> Excellent. Um, 
Sorry, uh, I'm sorry. You're you're cutting in and out a little bit. So if I'm talking right, just directly right over you, I apologize. You are sounding absolutely fine on my end. Everyone's sounding good so far on my end. So okay, and, and this is the I, end of this recording. Mine too. Okay, and I also have to say to the audience that um, there is a tree that's being sawed down next door. And so if you're hearing chainsaws, I know I'm hearing the chain. Maybe I'm just hearing chainsaws, which is why why I'm having issues. <laughs> But <laughs> that's what everyone wants in a podcast, right? Just quiet, ambient <laughs> chainsaw sounds. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, uh, so yeah, Kansas and I had a great time playing Forbidden Stars. Um, you know, I absolutely love that game. I, I really hope that uh, she seemed to really enjoy it too. I hope she, I hope she had a, a really great time with that. Um, I also, well, let's see, just hours ago, hour, mere hours ago, I was playing Patoku with Jennifer herself. Mm. And Paul and Elder, um, but well, I'll circle back to that when Jennifer brings it up. And then I also uh, sampled Arc Nova uh, earlier this week for the first time on TTS. Nice. Which um, uh, I I enjoyed, but I found that TTS I I had a hard time grokking a lot of the concepts, and I think it's because of TTS. I really feel like the yes. game. The game I feel like will will sing a lot more in person because. I was playing it and I was like, this is fine. I like it. I don't see what the buzz is about. But I also really, really feel like in this case, that's tied to the implementation because you need to I feel like you need to see a lot of things all at once with your with your eyes. And on TTS, when you're just sort of zoomed in and zooming out, it's you miss a lot of things. So um, my first impression was sort of like, it's fine, but with a huge asterisk. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I played Obsession for the first time, Ooh. which uh, which I liked. I wanted to I wanted to love it, but I merely liked it. But the theming is 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 excellent. Like yeah. some of the best theming I've seen in a game. Like I, I love the theming. I just wish the gameplay were just a little bit more interesting. That's um, what I felt looking at the rules. I was like, oh, this it feels like they got they have they have lightning in a bottle, but they're not going to be able to deliver on it. And that's, and it, that's in my opinion, I didn't. The theming didn't do much for me, and so the game was even worse. Oh boy! Oh yeah, <laughs> I I actually played that with uh, I played that with Paul and my friend Larry, but also Mike Kananak and Mike. Oh, Mike was he was in his pocket. I mean, Mike is British, so I think that like right. somehow <laughs> yes. his Down Abbey theme was just right. like summoning things deep inside of him, and he was. I mean, he was. Go. He was doing these story. He was he was just like having a moment, and I was happy for him. Uh, but I liked it. It just wasn't amazing. Gotcha. And then I think the only thing else that's worth noting of all the games, um, my copy of uh, Art Deco came in, so I was really happy. Got oh, to nice. play that, and it's a lovely Tom. It's a perfect game for that one hour pocket that you've been talking about lately. A game that you can play in one hour and get nice decisions out of it, and then it's done. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, I did go up to visit my my brother, so I brought some some games up there as I always do, and uh, it was raining. And then our flight got delayed an hour, and evidently they left the bags out on the tarmac. No. Yep. My copy of Anno eighteen hundred is the 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 game is fine. The box is all but destroyed. Um, wow. and the same thing for a couple for for a couple others. It's it's a real. Oh, it was so oh so mad. How do they leave? How do they leave luggage out in the rain for an hour? It was ridiculous. My son's bag was you know luckily he didn't have any games or anything like that in there, but everything he had was soaked 
through. So it was, wow. it was, it was, it was awful. Well, what about if you had electronics? I mean, oh, that's, that's right. literally a nightmare. Right? Horrible. I can't yeah. believe that. I cannot believe. Uh, wow. Whatever airline that was. They, um, they should, you know what? Wow. I, I, I <laughs> like the airline. I like the airline I flew, so I am not going to say anything. I'm going to give them give them grace on this this, this one time. But but I'm a, I'm a generally a fan of this, these people, so I'm going to let them let them have a little pass. Um, so you know, my wife's favorite game is teach you, and um, they like teach you very much up there. We played so much teach you. I can't like uh, I would say. Three or four games to a thousand every single day we were there. They just love it. They eat it up. Can't get enough of it. And their kids and our kids are old enough that they like it too. So we just had multiple teacher tournaments going on all the time. Um, Anno eighteen hundred, which I did get to (laughs) to play with them. They really they really liked that. That was that was fun. Um, Show manager, I brought that up, and the kids, you know, who are all you know teen to preteen age. Uh, totally got into it. We had another, we had an amazing session of show manager where they were, you know, they got to play these, uh, these, these horrible Broadway producers saying, get rid of those people. I don't want any of them in my production. Give me a new cast and mm-hmm. and making the choices. We had a, a fantastic time of that. And I brought up because, you know, my brother's got four kids. I got two kids. I brought up Captain Sonar and we oh. played eight person captain sonar and it was you know we'll be i'll be talk, i'll be bringing it back up again but we had such a good time playing that because the kids were like i want to be the captain i'm like yeah okay you can be the captain no problem i'll i'll be the engineer we'll see we'll, let's let's see how that goes and uh they acquitted themselves very very well they did great it was fun as heck absolute yeah, blast I've, I've never played that game um i've never i don't think i've ever yeah, I once was at a game night where that was being played, and it was hilarious the amount of chaos that was coming from that side of the room. <laughs> it is it is quite something to behold, that's for sure. Real time games are just just have have that special quality of barely contained chaos. That's that's a real gem. And then um, lastly, I have to say that we played a a game that was charitably kind of a disaster but mm. very very hopeful um okay it was my game i have been uh, okay so i had this game in mind for a couple of years now board game that i wanted to uh, build design whatever and you know i got a i got a day job writing so i'm always doing creative stuff and and things like that so what i did was i decided i'm just going to have a little file that is just going to be ideas for this game. And whenever in the midst of my writing or something like that, I come up with something, I just open the folder, throw a little thing in there, and then close it down, right? And just keep on doing that. Well, eventually, quite recently, I realized, you know what? That folder is getting pretty darn full. Let's see what we got. And so I just said, I'm going to spend you know an hour or two a week breaking down what that is and seeing if I can't get this thing up on its feet. And knowing that I was going to go visit my brother, um, I knew that that would be a great very first alpha play test uh, to do. So uh, I got my my, uh, my brother, my my wife, and uh, my son Aiden, who's in college now, uh, to play the very uh, to play with me the the very first four player game of Orbitals, and 
it wasn't horrible. It was really we okay. had, we had a. It, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't horrible. We had a really good time. They were way into it to the point that they were you know discussing strategy and stuff like that. Like like an hour after the game, they were still talking about you know sort of brainstorming what they what they loved about the experience and and different ways that you might tweak it to make it be more that. Hmm. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was fun. It was it was uh, I had never you know, never designed a board game before and uh obviously this is going to be a long-term project to make it even to make it even work. Um but I'm really happy with how the the very first uh playtest of it came out and uh, it's very enjoyable. Was the experience of watching people play your game for the first time uh equatable to when one of your movies finally hits the big screen you go to like the premiere or something like that um you know what i guess kind of in a way uh in, in the sense that you know you, you like in the sense that you're like well it's out of my hands now <laughs> maybe this is like the table read Thing, things know? are yeah it's more like that it's like uh, think things are gonna happen and whatever is gonna happen is gonna happen and and yeah it's it is like a table read uh there are um there are hilarious uh, things that that do not go the way you expect them to go and there are these hidden gems that you didn't expect to find that that just shine through um uh, yeah the the idea of the game is that there is a uh, it's actually very timely with don't look up um there is a meteor swarm that is uh, uh, coming for earth it's going to hit it's going to destroy us and uh, we have one and only opportunity. We can get ourselves up into orbit and build these orbitals that, you know, make themselves sustaining in time before this asteroid hits. And each player represents a major concern in, in that endeavor, each building their own sort of orbital habitat and, and trying to, uh, yeah, tr- trying to get enough up there and make it functional before uh, before disaster strikes. And along the way, disaster does start to strike. So it's got a little bit of um, um, what's what's the game in the year of the dragon, where there are these disasters oh. that will trigger every once in a while. Uh, and and some of the game is mitigating that, and a lot of the other game is kind of a a very difficult civilization builder in in or you know in that you have to worry about weight and research and technology and and, and get things up there and debt is uh the clock of the game it's not it's a penalty but it's not the penalty really what it is is the more debt you take in order to be able to do the things that you need to do the faster you're moving things toward disaster so it's fun that sounds great that's a great thing yeah. and yeah. i'll definitely uh you know i i very rarely volunteer to help people test their games because a lot of times i find the experience to be kind of frustrating because i feel like i'll give uh suggestions and no one no one actually really wants to hear it or it's just like the game is not that interesting but um this sounds great candace's game was also one of the ones one of the few games that is like really has been a fun one to uh to like give feedback on yeah so like this one also sounds wonderful we shall well, see. I have a uh, uh, go ahead, Jennifer. I was just gonna say I have to be the hate to be the odd person out, but after years of playtesting for various companies and things, I just don't do it anymore. And you know, I understand. So you gotta, 
You got to make I, your boundaries. Right. And I wish you the best. And, you know, um, I can introduce you to some publishers if you're there or whatever. I'll be happy to help in any other way, Tom. Oh, that's so, that's so sweet of you. I was not. I was. I was not canvassing for for help. I was just sort of saying that. Okay. Uh, this is. But thank you very much. Really, this was more of the. I've been a I've been a host of a board game podcast now for for years, and this is always in the back of my mind. Been a little side project that I wanted to tackle, and you know these years are very difficult. These years of kind of isolation and disconnect and everything yes. being broken down a little bit. And I figured if I'm not if I'm not going to do anything to make this year different in the positive, what am I doing? And so right. I've taken the extra time that I have by not being able to go out to dinner with friends, by not being able to do all these different things that I normally can do, right? Travel and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I used some of that time to create new things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank so you. It's fun. It, it, it's all. Hello, Jennifer. I'm just sitting. Yeah. I'm just. Oh, good. I was Thank just you. sitting. Yeah, in the, I was I'll... just saying that. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, because we need more love, kindness, respect, politeness, care, all of the positives right now. Yeah. Yeah. This we're going into our third year of this. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But I think it's awesome because uh, I actually am just like you, Tom, in that you know. I I have in the back of my mind sort of a general idea for a game and I jot things down or sometimes I'll just be thinking about it. But, I, you know, I think it's really cool that you actually took it from um, a past passing thoughts and little notes. And you said, like, let's let's, you know, let's take this to the next level. So that's I think that's a good use of pandemic downtime. Yeah, that's what that's kind of where my thought what a thought process was. And, you know, when you play it, you will you will see that no, it was not a good use of our <laughs> of our time off. But for, we're just trying to we're trying to butter I, you up I, now. Yeah, I doubt that you are way too talented for that. You guys are so sweet. What say we get to the news? Good evening, Mr. Mr. Knopf of South America. All the ships and clippers at sea. Let's go to press. First bit of game news, um, uh, Candace has a new cardboard creations that is up at the Geek. It is an interview with Emma Larkins, uh, the author uh, the author of or the game designer for Abandon All Artichokes. Um, I had never played Abandon All Artichokes. I knew what the game was. I knew I, I knew of it. I have to tell you, I found this interview fascinating. I really, really enjoyed it in a way that I was not expecting at all. Have either of you had a chance to listen to it yet or watch it? Uh, I have not. I'm also morally opposed to abandoning artichokes because any artichoke I see, I will eat. So, but I, I will check it out. I will as well. I'll check it out, Trump. You should because it's really it's really good. I I just think she's crushing it with this. I love the fact that nobody's really doing this interview with game designers and and getting into their their thoughts and their process and and. It's just a, a wonderful window into uh, into our our hobby that nobody's really shining a light on now, and I'm so glad that that she's doing that. Candace is just crushing it right now. Yeah, great platform for the designers too to be because right. uh, her her interviews are they kind of like live on the front page of BGG for like a few weeks. Right, so. right. Mm-hmm. In and she deep. and she totally deserves it. Totally. Yep. Yes, totally. indeed. Next up, there is a game 
on Kickstarter. Shocking. Um, <laughs> called what? The, uh, yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, this, it's what's this that site. Again? It's this place where you go on on the um, the collection of tubes that is the the World Wide Web. I think they call it. And oh, yeah, 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 that. yeah. I, I, I guess it's a bulletin board of some sort. I'm not really clear. <laughs> um, but on it, evidently, you can you can find some way to to give money to things that you want to see made, and then people will make them. So, you know, mm. I guess it's it, it's like when you go to your cobbler for a pair of shoes, uh, but it's on the in, the internets. Um, wow. Nice. <laughs> all right, Dom Pierre is a game that is uh, that, that's a little interesting to me. It is by Rola and Costa, who are Portuguese uh, designers. I don't really know them that well, but looking at this game, this is about the making of champagne. And it's it's giving me some really hardcore uh, viticulture vibes, and yeah, the board looks just like viticulture, uh, almost right. Uh, it, there's, almost. there's a lot of similarities there, um, and I don't know about you, but for me, viticulture is one of those games that almost was almost a perfect medium weight game. The only problem with it is, is that we play with people like Paul, who have, right. have to burn everything to the ground, right? Who have to realize, right. oh, under and, the and Bruce, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and under the yeah. rules of the game, they figure out, oh, I can win without ever making wine. <laughs> and you're right. like, exactly. Come on. I have done that and too, by the spoilers. way. Yes, of course. Yeah, Ben, you would, you, you're, you're that, you're that kind of piece of garbage that would do that too. I am. I, well, I, I'm like the yeah, I'm, I'm like the the Tupac Chuck wine producer who <laughs> makes all my all my money off of just giving tours and <laughs> making one crappy bottle of wine for the entire game. I've done that before, but yes, will yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. A anyway, so whenever somebody comes out with a with a new wine making game, and of course we have to recognize that Vinos is uh, you know Vitalacerta put out a great wine game. It's fantastic. But I'm always looking for uh, for another another stab at the you know at this particular thing because I do think that these games are pretty amazing when they work well. You know the games about process, right? Games that 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 get into the minutia yes. of how something is done and then competing to do it the and then competing to do it the best. I think are some of my favorite games in in the world. Mocker is a game about process, right? I mean, these are the, right. th that's what these games are like. So I don't know enough to know if I can recommend this game. All I can say is that it looks beautiful. The price point yeah. seems to be quite good, and uh, I'm getting hints that this might be a good game. This looks this looks like it's well thought out and well put together, and I'm looking very much forward to um, to getting a, 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 a deeper look at Dom Pierre because I, I like I like my champagne. I think um, you know one of the, the the fun parts about games like this is that this theme is is a very attractive theme to people who might not be interested in something that's sci-fi or um, fantasy. Um, so there's that. I have to say the box cover is is deeply off-putting to me. These like <laughs> three people, there's a sort of like a a monk who's holding up some champagne, looking while this lady who looks like <laughs> she's just sort of I, I don't she she and this this sort of older man this fussy older man that they're staring at him 
You mean you um, mean the grossly rotund man and his child bride? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it, it feels like they are actually actively conning this this priest, and they're just hoping that he doesn't realize that they've served him, you know, cat urine or something. Oh my God, Ben! I've created a narrative, dude. Basically. Ben Ben went somewhere on that. <laughs> Jennifer, was that, that your take? Said, looking at this relatively inoffensive cover. I know. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh. Like, I'm wow. telling you, I'm telling you, maybe that makes it a good pit cover. There's a lot of crazy story. Somebody came in with uh, a hard, hard opinion today. <laughs> Holy cow. Opinionated, opinionated. But the point is this. The point is this. It does. It looks very, <laughs> it looks lovely. I'm going to, um, I'm going to wait and see what the reviews are yeah. before I, before I go any further. Agreed. Agreed. Next up, we have Blazon. Blazon is uh, on Kickstarter as well. Um, uh, it has got uh, these games are not getting a, a, a ton of love, but they've all reached their reached their goal so far. This is you know this is traditionally the slowest time for new games to come out, right? It's like everybody was rushing to get their games in the Essen rush and then get them in stores before the end of the year, if it's at all possible. Of course, this year it was largely not possible, but nonetheless, all of that is happening. So new games coming out now. Pretty much very, very few, but occasionally you get some gems. Blazon has gotten some very good reviews from uh, from folks already. It is about heraldry, uh, middle age heraldry, designing um, the the shield and the the symbols on them on the the coat of arms uh, in the game. And um, I gotta say. From the early reviews that I've heard, this seems like this might be a hidden gem. It is a very, very interesting topic, and it looks like it looks like it's a little puzzly, but very, very interesting. What did Jennifer? Did you did have you taken a look at Blazon at all? Uh no, I haven't. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I I'm kind <laughs> of moving away from Kickstarter. I I understand the impulse. I understand yes. the impulse completely. <laughs> ben, what did you think when you took a peek at this? Um, I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Um, it looks cool. I have not heard of this game at all. I can see that this is probably a game that, on first blush, I, I, I'm i not sure this is going to be my type of game in terms of owning. I, you know, I might play it and have fun with it, but I've realized that games that sort of look like this are games that I get <laughs> and I enjoy, and then I introduce them to my friends, and then they love it. And then they always want to play it. And then I wind up being like, hey, you want to try this other game? Like, no, let's play Blazon again. And then I start to resent the game. So I've now gone to a place where I kind of, I I can see a game like this and I can say, ooh, this looks like a fun game. I would love to play it, but I'm not bringing it into my collection because then um, I'm never going to get to play anything else when I want to. So your objection Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> is your objection not enough space orcs? What's your what's your main objection? Because <laughs> Yeah, there're not enough war sons in this. No, um yeah, it's you know, it's like I call it the Sagrada effect. I bought Sagrada. It's yeah. you know, Sagrada is like a lovely 30 to 45 minute game, fun abstract puzzly game. I was like, "Oh, my friends are going to love this." And they loved it. And then it's always like, oh, we want to play Sagrada tonight? Want to play Sagrada? I'm like, well, why don't, I was going to try to, you know, push you guys <laughs> on to like 
introduce brass to you guys. No, Sagrada. So uh, I think like, you're, I think you're probably right in that it's it's it might be in the Sagrada Azul territory a little bit, um, but I believe that from from what I've seen from the early reviews that I've they've gotten in the playthroughs, it seems like it's a little it's it's quite a bit deeper than that. Uh, um, it seems like there look, are yeah. there are a lot of very specific rules on how these uh, these crests and and sigils and all that sort of stuff have to go together. And your decisions mm-hmm. early in the game in terms of how you're putting these things together can really, really box you in. And then there are, there are ways to sort of free yourself back up again. Um, so this might be, I would put it this way, this might be the gamer's gamer, the gamer's game of something like Sagrada. You know, something that is not just not just filler, not just something you, you bring out for casuals but don't want to play extensively this might be the game that breaks through that i don't know enough to to say that definitively mm-hmm. i haven't played it yet but it is certainly the most interesting thing i saw going on this week it looks like there's definitely stuff going on in this game and so my my critique is actually not it is not a reflection of the game although i'm looking right now on the, the little uh, pull quotes and there's literally a pull quote that says i highly recommend this game for fans of Azul and Sagrada. <laughs> but um uh it's not that this is not a criticism of the game. It's just knowing what I like in a game and sure. how it's more about the context of my life. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about how I view these games often as fun appetizers or filler games. And then I want to go to something chunkier. And sometimes this becomes the main course and I'm, I don't want it to be my main course. So therefore I just don't go to the restaurant anymore. Look, if you want your friends to have the bacon stuffed dates, don't also make pigs in a blanket. If you have the pigs in a blanket, your friends are pedestrian. They're going to eat the pigs in a blanket. They're not going to have your bacon wrapped dates. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm starving now. <laughs> uh, last piece of news is uh, Squaring Circleville, a game that came out in uh, in 2021, is getting a U.S. release. We're hearing from Capstone Games. Capstone Games. We love Capstone Games. I did not know much about uh, Squaring Circleville. Um, looking into it, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, Circleville, Ohio is a, a real place that was built in a circular fashion around a Hopewell earthwork. Um, and then essentially later on, the people in the town were like, we don't like circles. We want every, we want regular plots of land. And so they they did this project to turn this weird very interesting design into a more conventional grid and the game is is kind of mirroring that where it's a city builder in which you're unbuilding and then rebuilding a a city or a a, a ville a town uh Je- yeah jennifer have you played it i'm looking at it it's due for play next week okay all right i i it's- the designer is Matt, yeah. Matt Wolf. The art, the artist is Harold Liskey, who's an amazing artist. I, I didn't really respond to the art in the game, though. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Same. I, um, I have been following this game for like two years, or whenever it was first announced, I was following it, and I was waiting for the Kickstarter, and I was waiting, and I was waiting. I, I was, cause, you know, I, I love city builders, and this seemed really oh, yeah. fascinating to me. Uh, but it's by, it's originally put out by Spielworks, yeah. and I'm not gonna lie. 
Um, you know, I enjoyed the cost, for instance, but I felt like it had some shortcomings. And then I played Crescent City Cargo. I bought, I backed, I bought, I played yep. Crescent City Cargo with you, in fact. And um, yep. I feel like that game had really close, had some really cool things going on, but ultimately kind of felt like it just, it kind of like, did, it fell short of what I needed from the game. And so when I saw the the playthroughs or whatever for Square and Circleville, uh, and those two games also were Spielworks, I kind of was like, I don't know. I kind of feel like a little burned by Spielworks twice in a row now that I'm not sure I'm going to back this game, even though actually one of our listeners was very vocal on our Discord about saying, actually, I played it. It's really good. There's a lot of depth. But I kind of was like, I had one of those moments where I said, Ben, control yourself. You don't have to kickstart every single thing. And so then I, yep. I didn't kickstart it. And now I regret it because now I really want to play it. And the <laughs> fact that it's being picked up by Capstone to me suggests that it might actually be really good. So it could well, be. You, you can play with me, Ben. Okay. Let's do All it. All right. Yeah. So just let me know when. I mean, you know, given the, circ- the current circumstances sure. in the moment, let me know when because um, um, I haven't played it yet. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I like some city builders, probably not as many as you, but I am interested in that subgenre of of games. Yeah, and this is also it's also a Rondell game, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just I was like you, Tom. I saw the art. Now it it didn't really it wasn't evocative to me in the way that I wanted that I I sort of want out of my city builders. And, um, it looked like it was just coming down to lots of area majority things. So I was like, I don't know, but the Rondell stuff looks cool. So, you know, I'll be, um, I probably, I probably won't be able to play with you, Jennifer until February, but we'll, we'll set a date or you can Um, bring it to Tom's game night. If hopefully it's back on back uh, by February. Right, right, and the, you know it's not going any. Well, the, okay, I will say this: it's not going anywhere until Orcon, and then we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just so everyone knows, um, I have made the decision to uh, shut down in-person game night while Omicron is raging across the country. And uh, if things are if things happen here like they did in South Africa then Omicron is one of these things that is going to spike very, very high and then kind of die off quite fast. And if that does happen, I'm hoping within a, within a month or two months uh, to be back to in-person gaming. It is a real blow that we are suspending in-person gaming. Uh, but, yeah. But, but yeah. You know, listen, safety first. These are, the, these are the times we live in, right? Yep. Yes. They, they certainly are. Which is Tom, a, I have one other little piece of news, by the way. Well, oh, see, it's a small one. Because it's such a good segue into our topic. Oh, I'm sorry. But go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. Tell us your one It's really quick. I just happened to notice last night, uh, Feast of Odin is now on Board Game Arena. Uh, for people who love Board Game Arena, it's in beta up there. So just giving you a heads up. Oh, I love, I love Feast of Odin. <laughs> I got to say, <laughs> I really do love that game. All right. There it is. So... Imagine that you didn't hear that, and we were just talking about how we just <laughs> shut down Omicron. Am I right? Anyway, yes. What were you about we, to say? We just we just shut down in-person gaming again, which really brings us to our t- uh, segment this week, which is 2021 in review. 2021 was an interesting year, right? We came out of a pandemic. We were still in a pandemic, but we were getting vaccinated, right? At the beginning of the year. 
we nobody was playing in-person gaming and nobody had played in-person gaming for nine months or something along those lines. Um, and then later on, you know, a few months later, people started to get their shots and people started to get vaccinated. And by May, we were starting to do in-person uh, gaming again. Um, and then we go all the way around to the end of the year now when conventions were starting to open up and then shut down again as we as we contract back as we realize oh this isn't over yet what were your what were your guys thoughts about that jennifer how you know it was a very up and down year 2021 yeah. what, what are your thoughts about that yeah well as you we talked about on another podcast i was able to have two other friends and bruce in the very closed knit group yeah during the pandemic and we did not get COVID and we masked and we did all the things. Um, yeah, you had however, a pod. That's still not the same as game night and cons and all those great people experiences. So, um, you know, now we're back online, you know, kind of. Um, there are, though, good news is they know so much more about COVID and how it spreads and how we can prevent the spread and what to expect now, you know, if you get COVID and you're uh, vaccinated three times. Yes. So I think it's a different time, don't you think, Tom? I, I, I do. Listen, uh, the Omicron certainly seems to be uh, less, de- more, uh, more transmissible and less deadly, which is a nice thing. Um, people are, at least the people in our circle, tend to be triple vax, which also reduces the the risk and the danger. And we just have so much more information, which is a really, really different situation. Whereas last year, um, you know, we're relying on the imperfect information that the 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 doctors were had, which was in retrospect still quite good. Still quite good. Yeah. You know, they, oh, were, yeah. they were giving, yeah. they were giving yeah. good information. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, for me, it was a terrible time. But it was also a very interesting time as we saw science develop in front of our eyes, right? Yeah. You know, we're so used to, you go to the store and you get your iPhone, you know, <laughs> Max Pro or 13 Max Pro, but you never see how you get there, right? Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, you get sick and they give you this and oh great, I feel fine now. But we never see how we how they got there. Well, this time we saw how they got there. <laughs> and you know, as a daughter of a scientist, it was um really, really interesting to see how the data was translated into practice. Yeah. 100%. Well, I think I'm I'm very grateful that all of you guys and all my friends also have faith in that process and and have that perspective, Jennifer, because, you know, um, you know, it's because because of science that we were able to have our game days again. And so, you know, there's definitely pluses and minuses of people getting to have a front row seat to watch this uh, science be developed because then all of a sudden everyone became a scientist and had something to say about it. Right. But ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, I'm really, you know, super grateful that, you know, we had the vaccine and we had the boosters um, that made gaming a lot safer. Obviously, it doesn't rule out getting sick, but it it's it does. It's, it is no pun intended. It truly is a game changer. So it has been <laughs> a fascinating year for that. 
100%. Yeah, yep, and like, and like you're saying, we're all very grateful to be able to do something, you know? And I'm so happy, by the way, Tom, I meant to say it when you were talking about it, that you can see a family member safely. Yes. I mean, not, not being able to see your family. I haven't seen my son in two years. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now he just got his booster. So I'm hoping to see him in the next couple of months. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. I, I'm very, I'm fingers crossed that 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 is able to happen. Uh, you know, my son going away to college this year um, for the for the first time. Uh, I know what that feeling is like, like not having your your son, you know, accessible to you. is it's it's tough. It's tough. It's not easy. Yeah, I mean, I have to do the dishes myself. I mean, what? Uh, what? <laughs> what? That's what it boils down to every time. There could be a game about doing dishes. What? I'm cleaning my own bathroom like a surf. How I know exactly what. <laughs> I think that coming out of um, out of isolation and quarantine, though, has been interesting this year. It's um, in that I think I came back into gaming with a sharper sense of how I want to spend my time, which is for mm. better or for worse, is is what I came out with that. Like, um, I think. Uh, I, I emerged from quarantine with this idea that um, my time that I get to spend with people is not always guaranteed. You know, we don't know if there's right. going to be a flare, but et cetera. So the time that I am spending, I, I want to be a little selfish about it. I want to, you know, I want if, if I'm interested in playing a sort of game, I want to play that game. Uh, I don't want to play a game I don't want to play. Which then, I mean, I've talked about this actually a lot on the podcast. That's something that I have now been grappling with is like those times when I have played a game that I haven't wanted to play and how it's it's actually seems in retrospect, it seems to be a harder experience for me nowadays because I think I have this mindset now post like heavy quarantine that, um, you know, like I, I want to maximize my time doing exactly the things I want to do because I've been inside for so long. How many times do I have to apologize to you for making you play The Hunger? I am sorry, Ben. I know you wanted to play something else, okay? But you came an hour late. That's on you. Well, I will say I have a little bit of a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, is that I'm happy to make others happy. See, see, that's what a grown-up says, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Schooled. <laughs> no. Look, no, I... Ben, I... Wait, no, I totally understand where he's coming from. Yeah. And it has to be a balance because you can't play Sagrada all the time, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but at the, you know, but you, you, you want your friends to feel good too and you know um i guess in the future podcast we're going to be talking about board game groups and you'll hear more of my thoughts about this uh, which we'll talk about in a second uh, for me a, a few things on this um at the beginning of well i'm not sure it was the beginning of this year but i know not too in the not too far distant past um i was kind of the the lone host of the podcast for a little while and when that was happening um i definitely uh, understand what ben is talking about in that right i would have to review the, i would have to play the game we're going to review and sometimes i would 
look over at what the other game of the night or one of the other two games of the night is and be like, I oh, really wish I could be playing that right now. Um, and it does. It, it, it impacts your enjoyment. It impacts your your the the fun that you come to have right and that's a, that's an important right. that's an important thing for sure right i i you know i mean i mean it has to be a balance is my sure. thing because i think i speak for all of us no one wants to play a game with someone who's not having a good time right we all want people to all have a good time i won't i won't that's... i won't play with dimitri because of that <laughs> he only wants us to be miserable. Finally, we finally said it. Let me put that out there. Too funny, uh, but, but I, I think it's it's possible that nobody um, has a harder time with online gaming than me. Possibly, no I, me. Oh yeah. Well, I I don't like it. I don't enjoy playing on uh, these these board games online. Uh, I really miss the in-person experience, uh, and that year of no in-person experience was really, really hard for me. Um, now, yeah. I, I think it was for everybody, but but I, I think that that you know it, it it feels like in talking to people that to some degree I might have felt that more more acutely than most. And um, I felt it very acutely. I know that Elder was totally into it and totally comfortable, and so was Matt. But as I was telling my friend Lorna, a game played on TTS automatically loses three points of rating on a one through ten scale. Kind it's of, just yeah. automatic. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's true. But I will say the the flip side of that is I feel like in some ways we're talking really about TTS for online. But um, there are some games that are a little bit more suited for online. And one of my warmest gaming experiences of 2021, it sort of started in 2020, but um, early in the year, for the, well, the first three months of the year, before vaccines were widely available, uh, while Delta was, and I'm sorry, not Delta, but just coronavirus was was raging, and LA was was ground zero. It was the worst place in the entire world in terms of yeah. uh, coronavirus. And during that time, um, I was, as I've mentioned many times in this podcast, I was uh, playing a ton of 18xx games on 18xx.games. Yeah, and that was a you know that site. Um, makes it easy for you to play the game. And so I'd get on Zoom with um, some of my friends who are not in uh, Game Brand, and we would just play these games. Like, if it was Friday night, hop it on the computer. Saturday night, hop it on the computer. Maybe do it on a Wednesday night, too. And um, in that way, the online gaming experience, first of all, gave us, it, it like sort of bonded us. Uh, it gave us, a, and it also gave us a really great and important activity to have. Mm -hmm. While we, while it was so dangerous outside, and I actually look back on some of those nights. I remember one night was just raining, and uh, I look, I really look back on that very, very fondly. And we still play on there, but it's, it's not quite the same. There's not that sense of like, like this is how we are actually, like you know, gathering and and finding, you know, some sort of social solace the way it was back in you know January of 2021. 
Yeah. Right. Well, yes, 18xx gaming is an exception. I will completely I had forgotten about it. Thank you for reminding me, and I will completely agree. <laughs> Cuz the site I, is really it's it's useful. It's something it doesn't it doesn't get in the way of the game. Right, and I will never forget our time when I when I your first 18 Chesapeake game. Yes. And and I taught it to you and you were just so into it. That was a great moment. Really that was, was. El- it was you, me, and Elder. Uh, yeah. We also, Jennifer. We also played eighteen sixty together, right? We played yeah, that half a right? game of that, uh-huh. and I think there was another one that we played together. I forget which one it was, but I know we there was there was one or two more that we played. Right, right, and yeah, those times that eighteen XX is, and the fact that it's free, you know, what I mean, you're like, <gasps> I can't believe it, right? <laughs> yeah, so, and I, 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 yes. Yes, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Oh no, I was done basically. Oh, okay. No, so I was just gonna say TTS gets TTS and Tabletopia, you know, as useful as they are in terms of getting to play these games, they do get in the way of the game too, right? Like you have yes. to zoom in, you have to zoom out, you have to look at things, you have to scroll. Um, yes. That's where BGA is really strong because BGA also gets out of the way a little bit it's but it's still in the way there are still issues with bga but but 18xx.games i would say is actually the best online gaming thing uh because you get to just play the game and then you can focus on the game and the people yep 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 now i read now i'm gonna say something uh, but i don't know if it is true as of this week as of the last month but i don't believe anybody in our gaming group um contracted covid um, so, not that we know of, Tom. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. Uh, uh, but and I can say for sure, up until Om- uh, Omicron, uh, we hadn't. We hadn't. So, yeah. so uh, which is quite something because we did open up to to gaming in person again in in May, and um, it was it was like. Uh, so in LA there are no seasons, right? There's you get a yeah. you get a week of fall in January, you get a week of fall in June, and then the rest is just eternal spring, right? Eternal spring and summer. Yeah. Um, but I do remember growing up in New, New Jersey and and the New York area and all that sort of stuff. That first day of spring feeling, we had that first day of spring feeling every game night. From May to like September or October, I looked at the numbers and we were having huge turnout. I think the average before COVID when we would have game night was around, we had around eight people on average at at a game night. And that means sometimes six, sometimes 10 and all that sort of stuff. But we would average right around, right around seven or eight post COVID, when we opened gaming back up, we were routinely having 12, 13, 14 people, which actually for, for, for people like Jennifer can be a problem, right? That's loud and that's really hard to hear people. Yes. Thank you, Game, Game Brain, for putting up with my, um, he, uh, my hearing disability, by the way. Um, I've been all. meaning to say that. Well, thank you. No, no, it's uh, not not at all. We we love having you, but there was for the longest time there this palpable energy at game night where it was just everybody wanted to come and everybody wanted you know people were just truly 
genuinely excited to be in each other's physical company again. And uh, there was a, it was a beautiful thing and really said to me what this hobby is about at its best, right? It, yeah. It, I think, yeah. Yeah. So you go, Jennifer. I, yeah. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, and I think we're going to um, talk about this anyway. Um, it was amazing at Gateway Con. We had about a thousand people down about a third. Mm-hmm. And I walked 12,000 steps at that con. Everybody had a mask on. I think that the people who play game board games are very aware of how this pandemic has affected them. And like I said, I heard no complaints. Everybody had their mask on. Everybody showed their vaccination status. You know, I heard some outside complaints about that. But at the end of the day, we did it. We yeah. And I have heard of no COVID coming from that con. You know, because the thing is that the, what the, the biggest semi-cooperative game that we all play is the game of playing board games, right? Because you need other people. And you, you can play solo games, sure. But like, honestly, you need other people. By and large, for most games, you need other people in order to, to, in, to do the hobby that you want to do. And so I, part of, part of playing with other people is... <laughs> Maybe that's just cooperative. Well, I say semi-cooperative because I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, I just want to let people who are <laughs> who are not good social people, <laughs> be, you know, like have their moments. So I just I, I reduce it down from cooperative to semi-cooperative. But the point is, we need a, we need a, we need each other in order to engage in our hobby by and large. And yeah. so part of like having you know if in order to be around each other we need to do the things that allow us to be around each other right exactly and i saw that we recognized it both at at game night and at that con and in the other gaming group one of my uh one of my warmest memories of 2021 um was one of tom's game nights uh was it in november or so Tom, where you had two friends that were in from out of town. We all went to a Chinese restaurant beforehand. Oh, yeah. And then we went back, and it was just the energy. And that was the first time that I think Elder had uh, had he had just come come back. And Correct. The the energy that night was just fantastic. Like that is to me what a game night is. Like that right there. It was because first of all, I think just going to that Chinese restaurant beforehand, and we were all sitting around a circle table. So. That is kind of a, like a that's just such a fun thing to do, and then to go from that, and then it's like, and now games, and I I just have a very very warm memory of that night, and I remember on my end I I played a super fun game of Lowlands that night, and I felt terrible because Dimitri did not like it, and I was like, oh this I felt bad because it was <laughs> such a fun night, and I felt bad that Dimitri was stuck playing a game he didn't want to play on such an super fun night but aside from that it was a great night it can't it, right. it can't be everything for everybody right 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 um yeah that I, was my warm fuzzy I, I share that warm and warm and fuzzy night i remember that vividly and that was a really great that was a really great time um there there were moments like that right the elder moves moves back to los angeles and you get to play and you get to see him in person it was just that was right. awesome. Jennifer, who yes. I had, who I played with virtually forever, and then finally got to hug and 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 sit down with and play a game. Such a great moment, right? There were there were reunions essentially every week. There was a reunion. Somebody showing up that you haven't <laughs> seen in forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
also, I mean, I think that the the the, the pandemic obviously changed the way we play games. Um, and another warm memory for me was uh, after uh, BrainCon. So, Tom, you taught me teach you. Yes. And so then <laughs> after that, <laughs> which was which was great. And then after like about a week or so after that, I loved it. And so a week after that, I um, reached out to some of my friends who I thought would enjoy it. And one of my friends has little kids and they, they're not able to be vaccinated yet. So she's very careful about not doing stuff indoors, et cetera. So we went and we went outside and we played. It was, the, it was a nice, warm fall evening. And we, the four of us sat outside, sat down around eight o'clock. We had wine and we played Tichu until one thirty in the morning outside. And that was such a special night because, um, there's something lovely about just playing the same game for hours, right? There's something kind yeah. of like very bonding about that. But then to be out under the stars, which sounds so cheesy, but the truth is that we would not have been outside if it weren't for the pandemic. And so sort of an interesting kind of wrinkle that the pandemic brought, but that made the night super memorable. Yeah. 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 The, the most memorable, well, I've had a couple of memorable times, but, um, one of them was playing Advanced slash Western Empires with Paul. That was great. We had a good time. Things didn't work out the way I quite wanted them to, but it certainly wasn't because of Paul. We had a great time. <laughs> and I met up with some um, listeners of the pod at Odyssey Games, and we played, uh, like, what was it, 10 until, like, 8 o'clock at night, which is really unusual for me, but especially Bruce, and he had a great time. He really enjoyed it, you know. Um, yeah, I've had a couple of um, really positive experiences. I do wonder if the pandemic is going to change board gaming forever, or you know, what are we going to look like in three years? You know. I mean, other than surgically attached masks, I don't know if we will. <laughs> uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for me, uh, virtually every month there was a, a, a truly just wonderful game night or game experience that felt really special and unique. I mean, we had more exceptional, just heartbreaking and, 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 and wonderful games of Avalon this year than we've ever had. We've had times where we were going out to dinner more often, or at least I was joining more often, because we really miss each other, and, and that was wonderful. Um, I remember you know, when Trey and Candace and I went to BGGCon, it was fraught. It was, you know, like, are we going to get COVID? I mean, this is a... a, a a little bit of a risky thing, even though it was a little bit in a lull period. Though, though Delta was uh, was was active and going on, and then you know we had a wonderful, wonderful time at BGGCon. Uh, you know, I, I, John Kennedy Jr. did did not reappear, unfortunately. But other than that, I had a really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have been the cherry on top, right? That would have been. That I mean, would have that, that would have been a that would have been a big cherry. That would have been notable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been that would have been made for a very interesting con. Yeah, <laughs> it would have indeed. Um, that would have that would have changed everything. Let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about uh, another aspect of it uh, that's a little less personal, a little more logistical. Um, 
games, the global um, supply chain is broken, yes. is broken, and is only slowly beginning to come together. And uh, I it's feel gonna be a minute. <laughs> yes, Jennifer. It's, Jennifer, it's... will you will you talk a little bit because you have a knowledge of exactly how game publication works. So you have insights that I think a lot of uh, a lot of people, our listeners, and and probably me and Ben in, included don't quite understand about exactly what we're going to be looking forward to in 2022 because it, you know the 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 machine doesn't just start back up again and everything's groovy right 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 well i think you know what happens what happened to us or what happened to board games in 2021 was the reflection of the whole world, right? I mean, yeah. everybody in the middle of the year just wanted, just started buying stuff. Everybody wanted stuff. And so we all, and I say this, and and let me just kind of step back for a moment. There have been people on BGG who have been very angry that they don't have their games. And I really don't like that approach mm, these really. little board gamers game companies are competing with target for shipping space yeah with and, Apple, and competing with masks with, and you know in medicine yeah exactly diapers mm -hmm. okay and so for the board game publishing hobby you know let's say outside of the the elephant in the room asthma day has done amazing this year Amazing. Yeah, With China, I, China shutting down and all of this stuff. So, folks, okay, so like, let's take a game like Ark Nova. Okay, mm. everybody wants Ark Nova. Okay, Furaland owns the copyright to Ark Nova. Okay, and so they control who gets the, the games. Now, Capstone. I would expect if it goes as it typically does, I have not seen their contract, um, licensed, probably licensed Arc Nova from Fearland for exclusive U.S. distribution, not retail. Keep in mind, there is a distribution network between the publishers, such as Fearland and Capstone and the retailers like your local game store or game nerds or miniature market. Okay. It's kind of a three layer thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what has happened um, is that China, which is where most board games are made now because of cost and keep that in mind as well. While we would all like to in the U.S. would love to have a big board game manufacturing plant here. There actually is very little manufacturing ability for board games in the U.S. And a lot of that goes back to cost. OK, yeah. so in China, the costs are way lower. And so the board game publishers, many of them, not all Rio Grande publishes, I mean, uh, manufacturers and manufacturers in Europe. But they've all gone to China to keep the cost down. I mean, we, we so, can all. Yes, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. It, no, you're doing great. I was just, I was going to throw in a joke. I was just going to say, I mean, we can all remember, you know, when when the 
last few board game manufacturing sites shut down in Detroit and all those people just walking <laughs> off the job that last time, leaving the plant, taking off the, you know, the, the hard hat. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a tough time. <laughs> Go ahead. Michael Moore was furious. He was very upset. He was, he was very upset. Yeah. So in the real world, um, <laughs> no. Okay. So basically then when China had to shut down because of both COVID and they are transitioning out of coal. Yes. And so that those two together caused a big, big mess. And so, again, we have to remember our hobby is for entertainment. But yes. we are co- they are competing with people who are shipping stuff to keep us alive. Yes. Okay? So we have to, you know, get that in our minds. That well, is, yeah. Yes. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was just say also that the New York Times put up a great uh, infographic probably about a month or two months ago about the global ship- shipping crisis and all – it's like an interactive uh, thing online and, and it really shows how there are so many facets. It's actually fascinating. And to me, I actually feel like we are playing a splatter game and we are right. playing against Tom. Like the world is playing against Tom <laughs> and so therefore – our supply chain is failing, <laughs> you know, right. and, right. and that's essentially right. what it is. Yeah, and so I want us as a hobby to be grateful. Yeah, to be grateful that Imperial Steam came, right? You know, to, to be grateful that Europe could even get Arc Nova out there instead of you know these people who were, or at least one person who's mad because BGG stores shut down over the holidays. And Fun Again had this game, and B- and he ordered it from BGG store, and they and they shut down. How dare they? Right? Yeah, it's it's patience, and, right? It's patience is what you're you're advocating, and it's well. No, I'm also advocating kindness. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be kind. These people are working their butts off. You're yelling at them. That does not feel good. It's not helpful, and it doesn't keep them in the space. So be positive. Say thank you. You know, yeah. I really appreciate yeah. what you've gone through this year to get us anything, right? Am I allowed so, to yell- imagine how frustrating it must be to have a game that is in a container and the container has arrived. Let's say if you're a U.S. publisher, it has arrived yeah. in the port of Long Beach and it's just been sitting in the port of Long Beach for two months because there aren't people that are physically working there. And so that is, they are, the publishers are probably going nuts because that's longer time for them just to recoup their money and to feed themselves. Exactly. And they're losing money big time, big time, because they don't pay for shipping until they actually ship, right? Mm -hmm. So back in October of 2020, no one knew this was going to happen. And so they got their game manufactured in China and then Boom, a 600% shipping price increase that they know they can't pass on. Look, guys, I own Container. I've played Container many times. I'm (laughs) telling you, it's not as easy as it looks. It's really, really hard to get those containers off the ships and then to get the things into the stores. It's just not easy. It's just not easy. It is super, super hard. The thing is, uh, Jamie, is it Stegmeier? Yes, 
was talking, about, he talked to the LA Times actually about even you get your stuff off, you finally get it on ground, there's no truck drivers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's yeah. a global so, supply chain that has been interrupted that is going to take time to sort itself. It'll, it's going to sort out, but it will take time for sure. It is. It is. It is. And I know for Board and Dice, they are looking at other places. You know, to kind of, and that's what also needs to happen. You know, the publishers need to get out of one single country. Yeah. You know, look at some other options, Europe, Vietnam, India, Indonesia. We need to spread this out so that if one country goes down, the whole hobby doesn't collapse, right? Sure, uh, but in a global pandemic, I'm not sure that would have changed anything because I think they're all all going down. Yeah, I think, though, what it would have done is, okay, so Indonesia's not having as hard of a time as Mm. Vietnam. Yeah. Did you see? So whenever you have more choices, and even in a pandemic, it doesn't hit every country equally all the time. Keep in mind, too, Southeast Asia has a culture of wearing masks. Yes, they do. That's true. And so that also affects you know, the different countries in different ways. So that's all that I'm saying. I'm just saying be kind, be patient, be grateful that we are going to get Ark Nova next month. Hey, if, it's coming. If New, uh, yeah. if New Zealand was the, the home of all board game manufacturing, we would have been, uh, we would have been playing Ark Nova in June. <laughs> I've actually really not had too many issues in terms of, uh, the games that I've ordered or bought coming through, like there've been maybe there's like one or two that have had catastrophic delays, but I'm like, I've got all these games to play. Right. Like I, I'm actually happy when they're delayed because I'm like, okay, good. Because I don't know if I have the space, so I need to play some games so I could theoretically create some space. So I don't need all my games arriving at once. The only time I get apprehensive is when they say, okay, this game is now being shipped to you, and it's on the. It has landed, and it's now going. Now it's in the mail, and then I'm like, "Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?" Because then I'm nervous uh, that it's going to get stolen. Don't even but, talk about that, man. Look. It took it. Batoku was in the city of Los Angeles for over a week. Mm, yeah, because USPS kept sending it to different Los Angeles-based dis- distribution. It was totally crazy. That's where I go uh, nuts. <laughs> when, it, when it falls into the bureaucracy then i'm like okay uh now i'm gonna go crazy but if it's like you know it's on a crate or it's being manufactured or they're doing proofing or whatever like you know just do you like the transcontinental right now who knows where it is uh i, I know that the designers having some some personal issues and and you know what like that's fine like take care of yourself first sir exactly. and take care of yourself i can wait on the transcontinental i will play Literally all these other games. Yeah, yep, easy, yep, for, exactly. easy for you to say, but you know, for me, I'm amending my will so that my granddaughter uh, will get <laughs> the first copy of Blood on the Clock Tower that I ordered. Oh, uh, now that one seven actually, years ago. Blood on the Clock Tower. I I didn't back that one, but that one was way pre-pandemic, and it's a social deduction game, and I don't know why that is, and that was hyped up very severely, and I don't know why that is. Like literally nowhere to be found. Like I don't. Right, why? Why? Right. <laughs> why? <laughs> hey, the 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 pandemic doesn't is certainly not fixing things, is it? It's not. 
I think I, it's it's it must be some kind of Ponzi scheme that none of us can quite figure out how it works. But <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what, guys? I I think is there anything else that we want to say about 2021 before we move into our top five games of 2021? All right, let me check. I'm I'm not as good as Dimitri, but mm. I'm a little better. Yeah, I'm all done. Everything okay. that I wanted to say, I've done. Ben. I, I feel like I've waxed poetic enough. I, I'm good to get into the top fives. Uh, well, you're 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 a good waxer, so that's excellent. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Here we go. We're gonna get to our top five games of 2021. I'm gonna give you the disclaimer right now. Look, a weird year. It is a weird year. We have played fewer of the new games because we've had access to fewer of the new games. We have played the You have had that. No, okay. <laughs> uh, you have had more access than anybody else, but nonetheless, we have still in comparison to any other year, way fewer, right? We've played these games fewer times. There are more gaps in terms of what we have played than virtually any other year. So please take our recommendations with a grain of salt and know that this is coming from a more limited knowledge base than we are used to. And there are... Uh, wait, wait, I'm on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jennifer. What was your number five? First of all, does anybody, because Ben is on the podcast, does anybody have any uh, any special mentions that they want to get before they get to the top five? Ben usually has yeah. about eight of these. I, I, I have. Uh, so this is, oddly enough, I don't have a situation where I'm going to say like, oh, I actually have a, like th three things tied for number five. But I do have a disclaimer like you do, which is that um, – there are a lot of games I still haven't really played, so there there are going to be games that aren't on the list that that like I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if maybe in four months from now maybe Ark Nova is going to wind up on my list, sure. maybe Ark Write the Card Game or even um I don't like I only played Coffee Traders once and I really enjoyed it, but I don't like I don't know if it's like my top five or not. So my top five could honestly there's like two or th there's three of them on there that I think are for sure they're going to be there, but there's some I don't know there, there's. Take it with a grain of salt. Got it. My disclaimer is going to be about a very specific game, and that is Carnegie. Carnegie came out in 2021. We did a review of the beta version of it, I guess, that was online that was such a good production online that we gave a review that was more like the review of the final product. And our understanding is, is that there's been quite some um, – monkeying, tinkering, and adjustments that have happened to Carnegie. So um, I have, uh, so I just want to put that out and say that Carnegie came out this year, and uh, I know personally that I want to take another look at that game and see what I think, because my review was not great. I didn't love it, um, but I, I loved, and it might have been a strong review because I felt that I really could love this game, and mm -hmm. I would love to see the changes that they've made in the hopes that the changes that they made have um, have fulfilled the promise that I felt was uh, was not quite realized in the beta version. So that's my that's my little caveat there. Ben, will you tell me what your number 5 game of 2021 was? Okay, my number 5 one got I I wrestle with this cuz I just <laughs> I, I don't have a firm like is this my number 5? Is it something else? But I think I'm going to give it my number 5. I'm going to put it on the list. All right. Uh uh, I decided mind management. Um, we reviewed this 
Uh, I've played it a few times, and uh, it's it's a really good hidden movement game. Yeah, I think maybe in another year it probably would not rank as high as number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's a top ten game, but it's when I've played it, it's it's actually like it's better. Every time I play it, I'm like, this is a better game that I that I have in my mind of what it is. Yeah. It's really cool, really smart, and I had a really uh, uh, I, I played a game after our review. Mm-hmm. With um, Dimitri, Jesse, and Trey, and you know Dimitri's not so much into into hidden movement, so I don't think he had a great time. Sorry, Dimitri, I'm just like telling stories about times <laughs> you didn't have fun. But um, but uh, watching, I was the I was the the mastermind, and watching Trey and Jesse try to find me, and I had I had shaken off my scent, and. I was doing so well. And then of course, Jesse with his like robot mind was able to just like find me. <laughs> no, clearly uh, he's it was right there. Tense and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. And it was tense. It was exciting. Um, I, I'll give a credit. Trey also used his robot mind too. But um, I think it's actually, it's a very, very good hidden movement game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's worth mentioning. It was my number six, so that you know. Really? It really was. It was. It was It was right there. I was really wrestling with whether or not it would make it into the top five, and it just barely missed. So that is very interesting. Jennifer, what wow, is – Wow, I'm surprised. Isn't that right? Jennifer, what was your number five of the year? Jennifer? Uh-oh. The sound of silence. Okay, yes. Yeah, sorry. Oh, no I was eating. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. Um <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was it was Meadow, and um, really enjoyed it. Yes, I know Candace mentioned that it has an analysis paralysis problem, or at least at first blush. But more you, the more you play it, the less that becomes a problem. And it fired Everdell for me. I I would like to tell people I don't have many games in that space mm-hmm. uh, because I play heavier games normally but i do like to have at least one or two you know for like you know if i'm tired or you know where it's later we can play something that doesn't burn up our our, all of our brain cells so yeah it was metal very pretty game too it is it's gorgeous it's gorgeous uh my number five was coffee traders coffee traders is a, a, a very uh a good solid kind of deep game it it's um it is a frustrating game to learn it is a difficult game for your first couple plays but once you figure out how it works it's actually pretty elegant i really uh, i really enjoy the the future the later plays of coffee traders that i have gotten in and i i highly recommend that game really fun i almost put that as my number 5 but again i only played it once i just I wanted to get some more plays. It's a tough one. It's a tough first play of that game. No question about it. There's a lot to, there's a lot to figure out. I, and there's, I was in the zone when I played it. I was like, I, I saw the Matrix. I, I had oh, wow. a very authoritative game. Oh wow! Huh. But I, but 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 that being, it's a tough teach. Wow, it's a big one. It is. What is your number four game of 2021, Ben? This is a game that the three of us all played together. Ooh. Up at Jennifer's house, 1840. Ah, uh, yes, 1840. Tell us. So, um, 1840, uh, also known as, or colon, Vienna Tramways. Um, uh, the first time we played this, I enjoyed it, but I felt like uh, for an 18xx game, I wanted a little bit more flexibility, or, or 
more fun stuff to do with the stock market side of it. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is good. It sort of like it, it underwhelmed me a little bit at first, but with subsequent plays, I've I've come to really really enjoy it. I still have the same reservations, but they don't maybe bother me quite as much. I would like more fun stuff, more stock shenanigans in it. And I do have like a little bit of a concern. There's sort of like a southern route in that game where everyone, anytime I played it, whoever has that southern path seems to be seems to do really well. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a flaw or if that's just one of those things where it's like, oh, keep an eye out on that. Because if you don't yeah. keep an eye out on that, then it's going to be a problem. Ben, we haven't seen that. Really? Well, that's yeah, great. Yeah, and we've probably played it six or seven times. Okay. The southern route has been a little strong, but um, if you can manipulate the middle, that's what we've seen. Mm. Well, yeah, and and, it's really and there's bidding in the game anyway, so that you know, I, I never worry yeah. about a, an imbalance in the map when there is a, a bidding aspect to the game because that's what I'm saying. That that completely I, addresses. All of that. It's it's something that I harp on all the time. Like, why is why did we move away from bidding in games? It is such a great way to balance the unbalanceable. Yeah, and you know, other eighteen xx games, a lot of them have those areas that are like, well, if someone gets to dominate this area, they're going to win. So I that's why I'm like, I'm not really sure it's a flaw. It's just something I noticed. Yeah. Um. But um. I, it's it's a really fun game for building it out and it's hard by the way oh my god i think 1840 you know in many ways when you it it sort of builds itself as like guess what all the trains are they never rust and they can they're all they all go (laughs) infinitely like the world is your oyster but no the world is like if it's your oyster it is a it is a oyster that's giving you hepatitis because there's so many things that go wrong like your money becomes such a problem and there's like a lot of stuff there to explore and i feel like i've only scratched the surface so um it has actually risen in my mind all the way up to number four it has you know it took two steps uh toward euro games from atn xx and i think the the i think there is a big future for games that are able to do that in interesting ways um but unfortunately ben i am sorry i am gonna have to put you on time out uh 1840 vienna tramways is a 2020 release and not a 2021 oh release. no okay yes. well how about this no well i'll, no. I'll come up with the number four time, uh, no nope. you're on timeout. you're on timeout. you just sorry, blew everyone. your number four sorry Jennifer, what is your number four game of the year? <laughs> your number five. My four, number four game is Copy Traders, which we yes. played a ton of uh, early in the first, you know, I don't know, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. um, we, other than the rules, warning, bad rules. Yes. Um, we really enjoyed it as a four and five player game um it does a lot of stuff the other thing that i really liked it's a co-op i mean it's not a co-op i'm sorry the game is not a co-op but it's the theme is based on a co-op yes coffee co-ops yes yeah you know (laughs) and there's a lot of people of color Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that are you know shown in the game and that participate in those co-ops and so i really felt it was a step forward you know from alma mater Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, um, Jennifer, that's you know, that's my I'm number just... two game of the year. So don't so don't spoil. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. So yeah. Um, coffee careers. I agree with everything you said. Oh, excellent. Uh, my number four is Ark Nova. Um, 
So once again, very very few plays. Right, played it at BGGCon, but was instantly entranced by the by the design and the way that it that, that it plays. I love a game about different topics that I haven't played a lot before, and so a game about zoos that treats the topic with respect and with dignity. Right, it's about it, it's about creating partnerships and. Getting animals that, uh, uh, you know, treating animals in a respectful way and ecology and all that sort of stuff, I thought was very, very well done. Um, I think that I need to play it more to see exactly um, how well it's going to pay off its promise. But so far, so good. So I thought that the the first play was re- was really solid for me, and I felt like the mechanism by which the end of the game is triggered when the uh, revenue, essentially, when the the success of your zoo and the prestige of your zoo cross paths. Um, that's a mechanism that I've seen only in a couple of other games, and I've always thought that was a very, very good way to to do it because you're looking at not one metric but two different metrics to not just be what your final score is but trigger the end of the game I thought was fantastic. So Arc Nova is my number four. Ben, you're out of timeout. You are back. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're, you are back you know, in. I'll just uh... – I'll just bump my management to number four, and I'll put Coffee Traders as my number five, and oh, I won't. I won't add anything more than that. Done. You there gotta, you go. Uh, you got a you got a uh, bonus spiel about eighteen forty, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was eliminated right after you okay. said you weren't going to add any more games into this. What is your number I know. three? I can't help myself. So going into my top three, these you know this is the top three today. They these could get reshuffled tomorrow or later this afternoon. Of course, my number three. God, this was close to being number one. Mm-hmm. This is. I also want to say this is when we start to move into that space of when we talk about the top five games of the year. Are we talking about the top five best games or our top five favorite games or somewhere in the middle? Mm-hmm. So number three is my last chance to decide whether or not I'm going to boost it up. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Keep it here. Imperial Steam. Imperial um, Steam Imperial is your Steam number is, three. Interesting. Number three. Um, I think it's a great game. It's It's really smart and heavy and thinky um clever i really enjoy it a lot it probably i think what keeps it from being in the top spot is there's a little bit of something kind of cold about it um so it doesn't like it doesn't capture my imagination um but i think it's i think it's a great great design and i think it's um this is like it is we're now in a at a very different tier from my number four and number five, um, we're now in games where I'm like, oh yeah, like I really stand behind this being a top three game of the year. I think it's mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, it's really I think it's an underrated gem. And I looked last night because, unlike with 1840, all the rest of these I definitely double checked, and um, it is currently ranked at three thousand, number three thousand on the dot on BGG. And I'm like, this is a great game. It's insane. And this is uh, if 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 word doesn't get out, it could it runs the risk of being one of the great hidden gems. So, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard Ben Mandelker say that a game about Austral- uh, Austrian railways was a little cold for his taste. So, <laughs> and that's why it only ranked number three. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say to that. It is crazy, <laughs> crazy to me. 
But at least well, you by did the pick way, a game on from- the heels, if if all had worked out properly, I would have had back to back Austrian themed games, oh, rail games. Yes, you would have. Yes, you would have. Um, but we're going to move on to Jennifer. Jennifer, you're number three for the year. Are you she's, still eating? <laughs> sorry, she's eating. What are you eating, Jennifer? I <laughs> know, <laughs> huh? Well, um, Tom. Yes. You keep getting in front of me. My oh. number three game is, of course, Ark Nova. Oh, darn it. Oh. <laughs> Although, I think I've played it more than you have. Definitely. Definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like it. And as you were saying, you know, it um, because of the way that you get the point is is better than just creating one single engine that you run and mm-hmm. until the game is over. Yep. You know, because you can't do that in in Arc Nova. That's right. I love the conservation as aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm a big zoo person as well. Um, oh. We had a, a membership for many years at the LA Zoo. So, uh, yeah, um, I've enjoyed it. Not as much as The Professor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but, uh, Elder loves that game, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And not, you know, for me, it's a little random. I had one game where I only had one sponsor card, and I wasn't winning that game, right? So, you know, that's why it is number three and not higher. It's a good point. Card draw it can be a, a factor. Um, Terraforming Mars, one of the games I love the, love the most, you can you can get into card draw trouble to some degree. And the fact that there is no card drafting in the game uh, exacerbates that problem, right? Yeah. Yes, that was one. Yeah. And that it was, would be yeah. crazy to have drafting in, in that game, in my opinion. Sure. My? Yeah, one of my one of my initial reactions to Ark Nova the other night was that I felt like this is a game where I want to just have all the cards with all the adorable animals on it. Which, by the way, talk about a game that does capture the imagination. Yeah. You just, I had a I had a hedgehog and a slow worm that it was literally called a slow worm, and that's that's great. But you want more of those cards. You want more and more of those cards, and it's so hard to get cards. I feel like in that game. It, it it is it is the, the 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 gaining of cards itself is is a little bit of an issue, but I still think it, I think I still think it's pretty great. Can't wait to play more. Um, I'm, I'm excited too. My number three is Furnace. I think mm. Furnace is you know it, we in these top games of the year we tend to go for the the full meals right we we tend not to go for the the appetizers or the tapas, but Furnace is. Kind of a perfect game. It is, you know, plays in about forty-five minutes to to an hour tops. Probably plays in thirty minutes once you're once you're really into it and really know what you're doing. And it is just this wonderful little gem. It is perfect for for what it is. It is a uh, it's an engine builder that plays in a, an incredibly short amount of time and yet has wonderfully difficult decisions. It is elegance defined. I absolutely love it. I've I don't think I've ever run into a a situation in which somebody said eh, maybe we should play furnace, and I said no. I, I I'll play that anytime because the enjoyment per minute is is off the charts. Absolutely off. I the charts. Uh, I found it boring. <gasps> <laughs> I did. Jennifer, Jennifer, <laughs> how dare you? I, I played it once. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was really good. But I can also. I'm. 
I'm reticent to purchase it because I can also see it being, again, one of those games that I really enjoy and that would get in the way, though, of me wanting to trot out a larger game because I see other people and like wanting to make that the main event instead of the appetizer, whereas I would see it as an appetizer game. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't want to play just that for an evening, but I would love to play that and something else. It's really good. Well, listen, the good news is, is as we enter our uh, top, number two game of the year, Jennifer will not be following me again, obviously. So, Ben, what is your number two? I guarantee this one's not on either of your guys' lists. Uh, but you probably are not surprised when it shows up on my list. This is where when we talk about best games versus favorite games, Don't we're now it. sort of like the needle's moving more towards favorite. Don't do it. Because uh, this game does have some flaws, but <laughs> I just really, I enjoy it so much. I, it Don't really captures it. my imagination. Oh, what no. do you think it is? Uh, I don't want to, I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. You say it. I'm not going to. Magnate. I knew you were, oh man, Really? Yeah, yeah, I knew he was gonna say that. Yeah, I didn't make it my number one, but yeah, that's um, fine. I, you know what? Because this game is fun for me. Like, okay. and I'm not saying this is gonna be a universal experience. Although I don't, you know, I don't know if I even have to hedge. But I, I have a huge amount of fun playing it. I'm a SimCity junkie, yeah. and this game to me, despite the flaws that it does have, yeah. captures for me that experience of like I'm building here and uh, I'm affecting the land here, 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 and here, and here. Um, I would love to see an expansion that maybe fixes some of the, some of the, the nagging issues, but um, I, I find it to be like, it just, it captures my imagination. Like it, it gets into my head. I wish the crash mechanic were, were worked a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish some of the, the tenant stuff, um, worked a little bit better, but in terms of the the experience of building a city, this to me is the the city builder that has made me feel the most like I'm building a city, and I I just I love that so much. So it's my number two. Last week you talked for ten minutes about how great Twilight Imperium was, and this week your number two game is Magnate. What is going on with you? What is going on? What can I say? I what can I say? This is a, a diversity of uh, of perspectives. <laughs> No, it's good. We don't have. We obviously don't have the same list. So yeah, Jennifer hated my number. My number three. I'm, I'm not crazy about your number two. So <laughs> there we go, Jennifer. What is your not, number two? I, I was not expecting anyone to co-sign with me on that. <laughs> well, you knew you weren't. You you prefaced it. That's true. That is true. I listen. I don't hate Magnate. I just don't. Yeah. Me neither. I, but I don't. But I also don't. But I also don't love it. Uh, I, it's, not I, I, it's not a top ten game for you guys. I understand that. No, 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 no. I, I didn't. But, I did but not. But Ben, yeah, you're a top ten person. Yeah. Oh, hey, thanks, yeah. Jennifer. You guys are top ten people too. Thank you, Jennifer. Number two, what you got? Number two is Bitoku. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, Ben, last night. I'm sorry, you know, folks, we played last night, except that we were going over my bedtime, like big time, and so I had to leave. Um, and no, my, yeah, my, my hmm was because I was my first time ever playing it, and I had, I felt like I was doing really well. And I don't know if you realize this, but when you went to bed, because you set up the server, the game. <gasps> 
collapsed on us, no. and I was not able to see my beautiful engine come all the way to fruition. No, oh, but, but but I made Elder the the guy the person. Yeah, no, it it's still. I think that with the server thing, I don't. I thought also that was going to work. So yeah, it was because one of those things you know, I was think. Okay, this is kind of an aside, but yes, <laughs> I was thinking that you could go on because I had made Elder. I know, thought so too. I thought so too. And the point is, my beautiful, beautiful engine that I had made, my beautiful, spirited en engine full of rocks and pilgrims, disappeared into the ether. Well, Isn't Ben, I, I, I own it, and you'll have plenty of opportunity to build your engine and watch it work on that beautiful board. If it, I mean, we know it's a little busy. <laughs> Jennifer, tell us, tell us why Batoku is your number two. Because it's classic worker placement. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? So yeah. you put what? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm agreeing with you. I, I'm, listen, I have not played it. The reason I said mm, was because it was the one game at BGG Con that I wanted to play that did and that I did not have a chance to play. So ah. it is actually a mournful mm, because I have yet to mm. to play it. I was going to play it with you last night, and then my wife had plans for me because it was my birthday last night. So happy birthday! Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I, I, I very much know my, my, the sounds that I'm making are that I really want to play this game very, very much. So I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah. Well, the thing is for me, you know, it does look busy and frankly, you know, it would have been intimidating in the, at a BGG con environment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but really, I mean, I think Ben can, um, can weigh in on this what you do during the game isn't that complicated not yeah. it looks a lot worse because a lot of the things that look like they're action spaces are just actually supplies for like or markets to take things from the board and put it onto your board or something like that mm -hmm. so it looks like it's super fussy but it, it's it's actually not yeah and it's straightforward you compete with people over the spaces. You compete with people over the resources, you know, all through worker placement. And I'm a huge worker placement fan. So, and I, I really do like the way that they've implemented it. You know, I felt it was, I don't want to say it's elegant, but it's straightforward. And I've taught it now, not, not including last night, because I, I didn't really teach it last night. I've taught it three times. People have picked up on it. We've been able to have a great time. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, my number two and my number one are a complete toss-up for me. It was very difficult for me to choose. In my opinion, from, from what I've played this year, there were two games that, that stood quite a bit ahead of the others as being, oh, this is these are classic, classic games that are likely to be in my collection for a long, long time. Um, and the reason I chose this one to be my number two is because I found number one, the number one choice to be a bit more innovative. And my number two is Imperial Steam. Um, it's an amazing, amazing game. It really is the 13 or so actions you can choose are all there right on the top of the board. You can see what they are. The, the fact that... 
Um, you can play the game going very light on the stock aspect or very heavy on the stock aspect. You can go super heavy into the rail building aspect. You can go lighter in the rail building aspect. Um, it gives you so many different options. It's it's such a good design, and the fact that it seems to so far hold up to to playing it very strong one way or very strong another way. There, there are a lot of options in the game, so much so that I'm dying. It's the game probably that I can't wait to play the most of any of the other games that that I have on my list. I absolutely love Imperial Steam, and uh, yeah, is it, it is a little cold, but um, you know. The next time we play is, in, right. in person, no, I, I have these little kitty cat stickers that I'm going to put all over the game so that Ben, <laughs> so that Ben, so that Ben will play with me. Can we, you know, can we, can we add some Ark Nova theming to to it? Right. Then that that's how we really little lemurs and parrots yes. and things like that. Yeah, I'll put them all over the map so that Ben will play. And uh, that's my number two. Imperial Steam is, you know, it could easily be my number one as, uh, you know, as well. Uh, absolutely wonderful game. And, 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 you know, in this weird year where we've had fewer games and we've had fewer plays of them, I know for a fact that any other year Imperial Steam would still be on this top five list. No question about it and could very well be the number one of almost any year. Jennifer. That is so oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Big part. We're going to Ben. Time for Here we go. All okay. Right. Your number two was your number two was Magnate. Okay, you you did not. Is <laughs> Magnate? I, I just want I now, just want I, to re- reiterate that to the audience that you chose that as your number two game of the year. I just want to say this is this is it. The the stakes are high. Okay, redemption I, is I'm on the line. I'm not going to make here. you any happy. I, I'm not going to redeem myself in your eyes. However, I will say I have not played <laughs> Messina 1347 mm-hmm. or 13, whatever 1347 Messina, whatever it's called. I haven't played that. Sure. I have a feeling that once I do play it, it probably will be number one just because. Like Suhi has been on such a roll for me between the his past three games, I've just like obsessed over yeah. Praga, Underwater Cities, um, Pulsar. So I would not be surprised if once I play that, that just is like a clear number one for me, and, which and feels so it feels that, ridiculous. That game we played recently one. of Shipyard too was so much fun. Yes, I think he's becoming one of my favorite designers. I yeah. think he's, I mean, his stuff is great, but unfortunately, I haven't played that game. So I can't put it as number one on nope. spec. So though my number one game, I had to think about what was a game that really like fascinated me that I thought was really kind of uh, it was innovative and amazing. And um, I had some just the first time I played it, I was like, wow, um, it's a game you mentioned, but you were not as excited as I was. And that is Carnegie. <laughs> Carnegie, a totally valid choice, by the way. Hundred percent valid choice. I, I, you have redeemed yourself in my eyes. I, I do okay. think that that's a very inter- very interesting design. Yeah, I, um, you know, I've played it several times. I think it's a fascinating game. I, I have a little bit of concern about some sameness issues, but I think, um, uh, like you said, they have been they've tweaked a lot of things. They've tweaked a lot of prices. They've rebalanced. Uh, some of the offices in the game. They've, I think, they may have uh, changed some things on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know also that, um, you know, I backed it on Kickstarter, and it's it's coming down the pike. They're they're producing it right now, and I know that at least with the Kickstarter version, there are more offices than in the base game, so that will create some variety. Um, yeah. I hope that is becomes for retail as well. But either way, I think it's a it's a fascinating design, and it is 
you are constantly keeping tabs on what everyone else is doing. It's, it's intense. It's hard. Um, really a smart, smart game. And so I'm really excited to see how it plays with the new tweaks. And, um, you know, it was a toss up between these top three games, but right now I'm settling on Carnegie as my number one. Love it. Ben's number one for 2021 Carnegie. Everybody should check that out. Jennifer, I have a guess what your number one is, but I want to hear you say it. What's your number one game of the year? Well, you did it again. <laughs> My number one game is Imperial Steam by far. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, it would take um, Food Chain Magnate 2 or something. Yeah. Or something to um, to supersede it. I just love games like that. It's just there's a lot of strategies. There's not a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right in front of you. There's no hidden stuff, or I wonder what's going to happen at the end of the game. You know what's going to happen at the end of the game, right? Yeah, and, completely. And, you know, I like that approach. That is my favorite approach for all games is when things are right there, I can look at it, I can make decisions that should matter, you know. No, So Imperial Steam was definitely my number one game. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And so we're going to have three different choices for the number one game of the year. We have Carnegie, we have Imperial Steam, and my number one is something Ben just mentioned, Messina 1347. Mm. Um, So at at BGGCon, I got to play a lot of new games. It It was an embarrassment of riches. I got to try all sorts of new games, but nothing, nothing gave me that electric jolt. Like Messina yeah. thirteen forty seven, um, the the timeliness of playing a game of uh, 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 of kind of economic economic growth during a pandemic uh, is what it is about. It, it you are trying to keep the city of Messina going during the Black Plague. You're dealing with the Black Plague all the time. And still trying to have society function and have society work, and um, I'm not sure that that theme any other year would hit quite as hard as it did this year. But I do think that the the gameplay is quite innovative. There's a lot uh, going on, but it doesn't feel like there's too much going on. It feels very uh, digestible, very playable. And uh, um, really quite fantastic. I absolutely love Messina 1347. Can't wait until we get it on our shores. And I'm going to play the heck out of it. Absolutely phenomenal game. Well, as soon as we can get out of this uh, surge, I'm going to have it on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have it on Wednesday. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. uh, You got it from Philibert? I did. I did. I'm like, I'm I'm so mad that I not able to get a play in before this, this episode because (laughs) I just know I'm going to love it. I know. Like I, 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 I feel like with my top five, I enjoy my top five, but Tom, you just said that electric, you know, when you get that electric Joel, when you're like, this is like, that's how I felt when I played barrage or great Western trail for the first time. And I, or honestly, Praga, I know Praga, I'm not, you guys all haven't really gotten, haven't really connected with Praga, but for nope. me, when I played Praga, it was like it was not a question mark. I was like, I love this game, and and we all know that feeling, and yeah. I'm I'm really hoping I feel that with. Yeah, you know. see, that's the thing. 
So she has been mostly off for me since Shipyard. Hmm. Um, so I was like, well, you know, but, you know, both Tom and Trey just raved about it. And it's I'm getting it on loan nice. from Rio, Rio Grande Games, who will be the U.S. The U.S. publisher, mm. so I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> so right. That's even, right, that's even better, right? That's a win-win. So, oh, I am absolutely looking forward to to playing it and teaching it, and you know the whole the whole deal. So, um, sure, if I had played it, it might have been. <laughs> well, no, no, I I have to say, I know it would not have been number one but it might have been number two yeah i i, I and like i said uh, these are interchangeable for me uh imperial steam is an amazing amazing game i, I frankly our our three number ones carnegie imperial steam and messina 1347 are that's that's a great year of games right there our number ones. it almost yeah it almost sounds like honestly despite what our technical number ones are it almost sounds like imperial steam is the number one because it was in all of our top threes, and we all raved about it. And these are all just like, you know, like uh, like cadent or, or just nuances away from each other. So I think almost the takeaway from all this is that people should be looking into Imperial Steam. Yeah, it's it's yeah, the, it's the no brainer yeah. on our lists for sure, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, and and I think it resonates with us as heavy gamers, yeah. right? Yep, exactly yes. so. Yes. Well, guys. We were asking ourselves, since we weren't doing a game review, were, was this going to be a particularly short episode? We're now at two hours, so we will not be doing a game sommelier. I just want to say, guys, uh, these are difficult times that we're living in, and having friends like you that I can hang out with and, and play games with and socialize with um, makes these some somewhat lonely years much less lonely. I love you both, and I, I want to thank you for all that you have done um, for me, for the hobby, and for our podcast. Thank you, guys. Sure. Thanks, and, Tom. And thank you, Tom, for, for, for being who you are and arranging game night and, you know, being the best you can be, right? <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, but we're 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 all we're well, all works in but progress. That's <laughs> the plan. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's that, right. That is the intent. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash C forward slash game brain pod. A Facebook group, a Discord channel. Please get in those board game sommelier questions. We absolutely love them. And you have been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Trey Alsop, and Ben Mandelker. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. More on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. And thanks to Edomar Peleg for our incredible graphics. You can get amazing graphics of your own at Kerbaloni.com. You can reach us by email at contact at GameBrainPod.com or on Twitter at GameBrain underscore pod. Thanks for listening, and go so play some games with friends or make some friends with games.